It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Friday edition of the Leach Report and heading into the weekend with you. Uh, coming up today, Richard Skinner uh, from Channel 12 in Cincinnati will join us with the Reds opening their season tonight. Opening day has been always such a, a huge deal in Cincinnati uh, for the longest time. The Reds were the first game of the year. We'll talk about some of this stuff with with Richards. A great column Mike DeCourcy did yesterday about this from his time working in Cincinnati and how he came to have an appreciation for it. So we'll talk with Richard about that. He also um, still does some U.K. coverage, but used to uh, cover the, the U.K. beat much more closely, so we'll talk some U.K. topics with him as well. Uh, Cash Daniel. We've got Cash back, and I... Uh, ran out of time with him on Wednesday, so we didn't get much time to visit. I wanted to get some of his thoughts on the upcoming season. So we'll do that with Cash. And then Coach Tim Sullivan from Cooper High School, where Adam Kunkel played high school basketball. And he's the young man who's put his name into the transfer portal from Belmont. And there have been reports that there's been some level of interest from Kentucky. So we'll see if Coach Sullivan can enlighten us any more on, the, on that interest and also about uh, Adam's uh, game, as he's a former Kentucky high school basketball star that is looking for a new college basketball home. So that's the lineup for today. Wildcat News of the Day, a service of Cardinal Point Financial Group. It's private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. The uh, NCAA's Board of Governors uh, meeting today, and this is a... uh, Potentially could be a big story to follow, I'll say, put it that way. Uh, reports say that the agenda for this meeting, which in the Board of Governors is presidents and chancellors, and the reports say their agenda includes a vote on whether or not to cancel fall championship events that the NCAA oversees. They don't oversee college football, so this would be other sports championship events. But, as I said, they don't. It doesn't pertain to football, but there is considerable speculation that a vote to cancel would put pressure on the football powers to follow suit. So we'll see how this goes. Personally, uh, I I tend to to look at things and and figure most people are going to operate logically and in their own best interest in most things. And if that's the case, then... Maybe they postpone. They just they don't make a decision today. They don't. I don't know that they have to. Um, so we'll see. Because um, in one, well, there was one germ of news I heard yesterday that was uh, a little encouraging as far as the coronavirus, and it was a report on I forget where I saw it, but it was about California and you know the issues, uh, tragic issues they're having there. But it mentioned that cases appeared to be leveling off. Like finally. That's a piece of good news. So if that can, would, in fact, continue and occur in other hot spots, then we'll, uh, that could change the conversation. So we'll see how this uh, plays out 
today, but it is something that uh, is important to watch. The uh, NCAA Board of Governors meeting today. Also, the SEC presidents are meeting uh, next week. This was already scheduled, uh, but they are uh, slated to discuss football, and uh, it'll be on the heels of uh, what happens or perhaps doesn't happen out of this NCAA Board of Governors meeting today. Uh, Kyle Tucker at The Athletic, who will be back in here with us on Monday, uh, he tweeted out yesterday that sources are telling sources at UK are telling him that they are comfortable that they will have Olivier Saar for the upcoming season. Um, I share their optimism, have from the beginning, um, but we'll, uh, I would think sometime here pretty soon get the uh, announcement on that. The story generating obviously the most buzz right now here in Kentucky uh, is uh, about a group of faculty in UK's African American and Africana Studies program presenting a list of suggestions for improving race relations to UK officials, and the list includes the changing of the name on Rupp Arena, and not surprisingly, that's the one that is that's the uh, one item on there. Uh, list that is generating the greatest discussion and it felt inevitable that uh, this discussion would come up at some point it's obviously going to be polarizing for uh, the fan base at this point it's it's one group with uh, a long list of issues of which the one that generates the most talk is the Rupp Arena name let's see where it goes from here there's nothing wrong with uncomfortable conversations um and also, I would add that Adolf Rupp's legacy is not nearly as simple to understand as his detractors portray. So those uncomfortable conversations should include that element, too. Our uh, colleague Dick Gabriel uh, did a, uh, a lot of research on this, and uh, there's you can find the uh, DVD out there and watch for yourself. But uh, he, he went into it with thinking having one way of thinking and wanted to just follow the facts. It wasn't designed to, um, with any preconceived notion other than to see where the story took him because of uh, some conflicting accounts that he'd heard. Uh, and so he found that the, the story was a lot more complex than um, had been portrayed. So you can check that out if you care to. A couple of other things. Um, Landon Young and Luke Fortner. On the Werfel Trophy watch list, this is the award that uh, recognizes not only athletic ability but community service. Courtney Love won this national award uh, a few years ago for UK, so uh, Landon and Luke are both on the watch list for that. And congrats to UK men's golf and Coach Brian Craig. Uh, They win the award for the highest GPA nationally in men's golf at 3.89. So uh, it's an outstanding golf program on the courses and also in the classroom. Uh, congrats to them. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're into a break. Richard Skinner will join us when we come right back. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. 16 past the top of the hour, we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on Richard Skinner from WKRC-TV in Cincinnati, where he'll be... Will you be covering the game tonight? Do you get to go? 
I, I do. Um, you know, usually this time of year, um, I'm neck deep in the Bengals. I pretty much cover them on, on a daily basis just based on, on we're, we're kind of a partner station of theirs. But um, the fact that uh, camp doesn't start till Tuesday, yeah, this weekend, it's, it's kind of weird. To, to, to I usually get opening day back in, in April because it's right before the draft. <laughs> And so now I get opening day in July right before the training camp, at least as long as we think training camp's going to start. Yeah, that's a, another discussion. Uh, opening day is always such a big deal in Cincinnati, but what's it like in July versus April? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a huge party always. And, um, you know, people you know literally take the day off. In fact, it, it's been lobbied whether or not it should be a, a holiday in, in Cincinnati. Uh, just because of how many people skip out of work, and there's always the Finley Market Parade, which is a hit, which is a tradition, and uh, the game kind of an afterthought a, a lot of times. And I think this is going to be different. Um, you know, there is a uh, there's a bar and restaurant scene right around the stadium, as you probably know, Tom. Um, and but you know, because of of what's going on with COVID nineteen, those bars can't be at capacity. Um, I think some of those bar owners are worried because I think people will come down, especially on a Friday, especially because it's live sports back. Um, that they'll really crowd that area, but they can't go into the game. It's going to be surreal because it is. It's a it's a huge deal. It's a traditional thing in this city that yeah we're getting, but we're also not getting because fans can't attend. Uh, well, last night with the first game uh, in Washington uh, in the uh, Yankees, we got the the word shortly before the game that Juan Soto had tested positive for Washington, and uh, so he's going to be out of the picture for uh, a couple of weeks and. We have frequently heard uh, people in the college sports world talk about wanting to see how it went for professional sports returning, team sports, baseball this week, the NBA next week. So to me, this is a, a really interesting storyline to follow for Soto. Is Does he remain the only one? Do a bunch of his teammates show up infected, which uh, becomes you know, problematic for other sports, I would think, certainly college, and or it, does he remain the only one? And then you look at it and say, okay, at least for now we can continue down this road. Yeah, I don't think he'll end up being the only one. Um, it's just a matter of, of how many and what's the severity, I think, before the, the panic buttons hit. I mean, I guess you could argue they, they had played, Washington had played Baltimore in an exhibition. I don't, know, I don't think it was a series, a couple of games, I guess. I guess it was a series. And the question was asked of, you know, do you need to go back and trace who the umpire was that night, the catcher that night, other people that Soto came in contact with that night? You probably do. I know Reds players have talked pretty openly, and they're not the only ones. I think other teams have, too. Of, uh, and they're different than the bubble, right? Because when they play the game tonight, they can, um, they can go home to their family, or they can go to a bar and maybe pick up a girl. And you have to really – they talked about having to be careful with each other because – Look, all it's going to take is one or two or three guys to, to come down with this, and maybe key guys, and you plow forward, but the key guys are out of the lineup for 10 days or two weeks because they have to be quarantined um, if, it, if it comes to that. And, and really talking about, listen, if we want to win, we really have to be careful and take care of each other. And I think that's the most interesting thing to me. Soto's the first part of this, and you're right, Ty, if it's isolated, okay, it's, it's a guy. I don't think it will be. I think there will be others. It's a matter of... How many? How widespread in the team? And, I, and it's going to have an effect. There's no question. I mean, Juan Soto being out of Washington's lineup will affect them for however long he's out. So I, I think players, if they're serious about winning, um, they really have to take the extra precautions. They have to do what they're being asked to do and be careful. Um, but listen, man, they're, they're dudes in their 20s for the most part and 30s, and some of them are single, and that doesn't always add up to responsibility either. Very true. So, uh, you know, it, it just 
underscores the the complexity of of this in trying to you know play team sports in this time uh, because right. a given team could be very dialed in and, and focused uh, and doing everything that they're supposed to do to to uh, keep anything from spreading. But then if another – they've got to interact with other teams, and uh, right. there's you know not going to be that uniform level of you know commitment and focus. Yeah, like I said, I mean, Soto, it, it, it was really – it was kind of said in jest, but it's probably true. I mean, whoever caught those games for Baltimore that Soto was at the plate, pretty close contact. The umpire, pretty close contact. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, I think that's the fear here is, is that, let's say, if Juan Soto gets it, and you do then, you trace it back, and the catcher for Baltimore gets it. And the catcher was in a meeting with three pitchers, and ooh no, they caught it. Um, I think that's the fear. But I, I, I've, I've been asked this on a lot of shows over the last month plus, and, and I'll do it with college athletics too. You know, the, the more positive tests I hear, and, and the less I hear about anything serious coming from it, the more optimistic I am that this can work. And maybe I'm being naive, and you know, Tom, it, it only takes one of these to turn extraordinarily serious or someone to die. Um, that, that, that's involved with this for us to, to all of a sudden go, whoa, stop. But as of now, you know, you hear positive tests, but you really don't hear, or, 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 or guys that are asymptomatic, but you don't hear anything serious. And to me, that says, okay, maybe we can do this. I know college sports will be different. I do. Because um, uh, when you get presidents involved, sometimes they are trying to do the politically correct thing rather than probably the thing that they should do. But I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards optimism with this. I'm leaning towards, listen, guys are going to get it. Some are going to come down with it. Some are going to test positive. But if, you know, Juan Soto in three days get, gets a negative test, I think it goes back-to-back days of that, he's, he's back. And so we hear these positive tests. But I'm saying, all right, the more positive we hear, the less tragic we hear, I think the better this is for sports. I don't I, – I, you can see if – correct me if, if you've heard of any. I don't recall hearing of any hospitalizations for any – Athletes, we've seen a lot of you know reports of you know X number of positive tests, but right. you would think that would have uh, come out, uh, would have emerged if it was happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure with college athletics you have HIPAA involved, but I think you would have heard that. I think somebody would have would have raised a red flag with that, and that's that's kind of my point. I mean, if you remember when schools started allowing their their, their athletes back on campus for voluntary workouts, and, and some schools were just spiking. Uh, Houston had what 19, I think, cases when they tested. Um, another school, Clemson, was it had twenty something. Kansas cases. State had a bunch. Um, yeah, right. I mean, you heard some of those, and it's alarming, right? When you hear that, it's like, oh my gosh, there's no way they can play. But here we are, weeks later after that, and nothing really seemed to, to happen. So, I think that would give me, if I'm a pres- school president or an athletic director, um, a, a little bit more reason to say, hey, you know, we, we can't be alarmed by this. We have to take it serious. If it's a positive test, quarantine them. Do all the things you need to do. Make sure you trace back to where they were, and that. You know, you can do that with position groups and, and whatever groups you're doing workouts in. I think that's a that, that to me would be a positive sign. I know everybody doesn't look at it that way, but but you're right. I've not heard of a hospitalization. And yes, again, people can argue one's too many, and certainly one death could could could, could be too many. But listen, I mean, these guys playing football are taking a lot of risks um, as as it is uh, of of serious injury, and and this is just another risk. I guess you would you would take. Talk with Richard Skinner, WKRC-TV. Where can folks find your work? Uh, go to local12.com uh, slash sports, and we got all kinds of stuff up there, as we always do, uh, certainly on, on this market. Um, you know, we, we, we do dabble into to the University of Kentucky, and obviously the pick story yesterday about the 
the, the, the wanted name change for Rupp Arena certainly resonated with a lot of our, our, our viewers in, in this area. So, uh, yeah, again, Local12.com is the place, and my Twitter handle is Local12Skinny. We're talking with Richard Skinner. We'll take a break, come back, have one more segment, and uh, uh, get into a couple of the, uh, couple more things about the Reds and then college sports, too. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter, at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Chat with Richard Skinner from WKRC-TV in Cincinnati. Uh level of optimism about the reds uh the buzz seems to be very good what is it for you yeah yeah it, it is pretty high and, and, it, and i think it's gotten higher as, as the uh as this dragged on it was it was pretty high back in in march right before everything shut down but it's gone even higher and and um if you want to go by some vegas odds uh the, the reds odds to win the national league have gotten uh, better i guess if you will not not in the long shot variety more towards They've gone from I think eighteen to one down to eleven to one, so they seem to be kind of a sheet pick. Um, you know, some of it is they 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 do come back healthy. They didn't lose anybody to to, to COVID. Um, you know, they got Eugenio Suarez, who might have missed the first couple of weeks of the season back after he had a, an accident in, in the off season in a in a, in a pool. Um, Jesse Winker's fully healthy. Nick Senzel's fully healthy. So I think some of that is that, and obviously the off season move. I mean, signing Nick Castellanos, signing. Mike Mustakis, who had two huge bats to the to the lineup, um, you know, keeping Trevor Bauer around gives gives them a, a third really good starting pitcher to go along with Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. They signed Wade Miley as a free agent, so um, optimism is is really high. And the fact that when the schedule came out, obviously this was a different schedule than, than what was originally planned. Um, they kind of got a schedule break. Yeah, twenty games Looks... against the Pirates and Tigers and uh, and Royals. I mean, a third of their schedules against those three teams. So they got a big break there, Tom. No, that's very favorable. You mentioned uh, the Rupp Arena name story and the website reaction. Did anything uh, from uh, your observation that was not that was uh, noteworthy or, or not surprising to you in terms of what you saw? No, and I had a friend actually who's, a, who's actually a, a big Kentucky fan too who, who actually called me with that, and he said, "You know," he goes, "I meant to tell you, you knew that was only a matter of time before that was proposed." And I said, "Yeah," I said, "It's amazing." I said. Uh, kind of a shame in retrospect, Kentucky beat Duke back in 1966 because it's it's changed a lot of the narrative. Um, you're obviously closer to it than I am. I mean, I'd be interested, actually, your perspective. Do you, you think they will take it seriously? Well, I, I don't. My guess is it uh, it probably doesn't get changed, but it's a um, it's right. it's a discussion you know point at this time. Well, the thing right. I said at the top of the show is like we'll see where it goes from here. See what, right. The, right. To what what kind of legs the story has to use a journalism term. Yep, no doubt. Richard, thank you. You bet. Take care. Have a good one, Tom. Take care. We're coming up on the bottom of the hour break. Uh, coming up in the second half, Coach Tim Sullivan from Cooper High School and Cash Daniel. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Welcome back into the Leach Report. Joined now by former Wildcat Cash Daniel. We uh, had a couple minutes with him on uh, Wednesday, ran short on time. So I want to get him back on to uh, talk about uh, a couple of other things in addition to uh, his uh, show that we referenced uh, back on Wednesday. Let me get your take, Cash, on uh, what you think, uh, assuming we get college football and they get to play, um, there's a lot of optimism among Kentucky fans. I'm guessing you think that is fully justified for this team. Um, I mean, you know, every year, you know, it seems like everybody's got their got their questions or, you know, their worries or, 
their their doubts or the unknowns really. A lot of it's a lot of it's really just being the unknown. Um, but you know, this team has a lot of key returning players, uh, a lot of key returning starters. Uh, you know, offensively and defensively, and, and I believe that you know with the culture that we've had, you know, over the past couple of years, uh, you know, with Coach Stoops and the guys that he's the guys that he's bringing in, you know, with the coaching staff and the front office and how. Um, I mean, how things, you know, we run on a day-to-day basis over there. I think that that culture over there now is, um, you know, reload, you know, instead of rebuild. So uh, I got I got all the confidence in the world, you know, and Coach White and Coach Grant uh, running their offense and defense. And, you know, I got nothing in the confidence but, in, but, in but the guys in, those lock, in, in that locker room. So, you know, I'm very excited to see. You know, uh, you know what the what the Wildcats do this year, man. If they get to play, obviously. Yeah, we'll keep all keeping our fingers crossed uh, for that. I was asked uh, earlier this week about potential breakout players uh, for this season, and uh, mentioned a couple on offense, and then on defense, one of the ones I mentioned was uh, Jamin Davis, and uh, that's at your position group. And also, I, I saw that he. It went out on one of your fishing excursions with you recently. So, uh, yeah. is is that a uh, is was that a pretty good pick as far as a potential breakout star? Absolutely, Jamin has every tool, uh, you know, in his arsenal, you know, to be a great uh, linebacker in this league and for this team. Um, you know, he sat back, you know, and, and observed and studied. Um, you know, as a young pup, he's still over these past two years, and he's got you know saw an increase in playing time. Uh, last year, and, it, and it, it's been really hard, you know, for Jamin. Um, you know, he's had to learn both Mike and Will positions, you know, uh, on a on a, on a weekly basis. And sometimes they, he even had to learn, um, you know, outside linebacker for certain packages because you know the kid's so athletic and so uh, he's got a great frame and got a great build to him. And uh, he's finally, I think he told me he was two thirty the other day when we were fishing. So. He's finally got that – he's filled into that SEC linebacker top body. And, man, he is just so athletic and so, you know, so aware, you know, out there on the football field when he's dialed in. And so I think, you know, if Coach Sumrall and Coach White, you know, really give him uh, one position to focus on, you know, and really key in on that playbook, you know, I, I think, you know, Jamin could be one of the biggest, uh, you know, impact breakout stars, you know, of this Kentucky team this year. Anybody else on that defensive side that you think is poised to make a big move? I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if you saw Boogie have the type of season that Josh had his senior year, um, or if not better. You know, I mean, I you, you never know. I mean, I've been around Boog, uh, you know, my whole career there, and, you know, bringing up in the system together. And just to see the jumps that he's made, you know, from freshman year to last year, and, you know, this has been certainly amazing of what he's done with his body and how he's taken care of himself and how much film and time that he's put into the weight room and the film room. And uh, so, you know, I'm very excited to see, you know, Book take over as a uh, as one of the defensive leaders on that team and, uh, you know, see the have guys play around him and see what he can do coming off the edge and get to the quarterback. Talking with uh, former Wildcat uh, Cash Daniel, um, you talked about, culture uh in one of your earlier answers uh, you came in in that 2015 group um and were part of the the finishing the turnaround if you will that uh, started i guess when coach stoops got here what is it that that he uh has has built here how has he what's your observation i guess on how he's gone about changing that culture so successfully what have been the key elements uh, a lot of key elements is being 
bringing guys in in his recruiting classes that are guys that don't need to be uh, pushed by a coach or told what to do every single day, you know, to get the best out of him. Coach Stoops always told us that, you know, the best team that he's ever been a part of was a team-led team. And, uh, you know, I look back, I always look back at that 2018 group my junior year just because of how team-led we were. Uh, we, we could literally go out there at any time and I could, I have full confidence that me, Josh Allen, CJ Conrad, you know, Bunchy and all the guys out there and those, and the, the, the leaders of each position room could go out there and we could run a practice without, without the coaches being there and it would be exactly ran, you know, like they were out there. And so, um, he's done a great job of, you know, finding talent, but also finding guys with that, with that niche of, uh, you know, that leadership quality that you, know, you definitely need to win, win in the SEC. And to keep this um, thing going you know, is, also, is finding those kind of people, right? Absolutely. And he's, him and Coach Merrill do an unbelievable job, you know, of, you know, going around the country and getting the best of the best kids here. So, um, that would be one of the main reasons why, you know, um, you know, you see this change in culture, you know, ever since Coach Stoops got here. But then, you know, he also brings in the family aspect of it, you know, and how and how important it is for us to, to bond as teammates and to love each other as brothers and, you know, literally be our brother's keeper and our, and our brother's protector, no matter if it's on the field or, you know, on campus, you know, or out on a Saturday night, you know, it, it doesn't matter. And so just how close, you know, and how tight everybody was, um, especially my junior year with how, you know, he, that was the first year we we introduced uh, Wednesday night dinners. I mean, like during the summer, like everybody would come over to the field and, um, you know, they would cook steaks or they would have taco trucks, you know, or something. And we would have a 4 for 40 meeting. And then right after that, we would go outside and, you know, have they would have some sort of activity for us. We would, you know, we'd play wiffle ball and then they brought a golf simulator in. Uh, so Coach Tooks definitely got a kick out of that golf simulator. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we had a basketball goal out there, you know, and everybody just came out, you know, and, and ate and had a really good time with each other. It was an opportunity for guys to sit down and actually get to know, uh, you know, their teammates, you know, other than what position they play and what number they are and, you know, maybe what number uh, dorm room they're staying in. So, I mean, it was really great to see, you know, guys from so many different parts of the country, uh, you know, with so many different, you know, backgrounds and upbringings to sit down and, you know, have conversation and, sit back, laugh, and, you know, and really enjoy being each other's teammates. Cash, I uh, appreciate you doing this. Best of luck with the uh, YouTube show also. Um, folks can find that. They just type your name into the search box, I assume, right? Yeah. yeah all you got to do is type in my name on the search box there on YouTube. Uh, should pop up just straight up Cash Daniel right there. And uh, hopefully you give, some, give you guys some more uh, off-season episodes here coming soon. <laughs> well, there was a show this was way before your time, but when I was growing up, there was ABC's Wide World of Sports, and uh, there was a show called The American Sportsman that a sportscaster named Kurt Gowdy hosted, and he would take you know, sports figures out hunting and, and fishing and th- things that you're doing, and it was a, a great way to connect with some of those people um, when they didn't maybe have their guard up as much and uh, just really right. honest conversations. And uh, so uh, I think that's probably what you'll, you'll get out of this, so good luck with it. Oh, I appreciate you, Tom. Thank you, brother. It's Cash Daniel on the KentuckyHempworks.com hotline. We'll get to a break and continue on this Friday edition of the Leaf Report Radio Network. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 
Friday edition of the Leach Report. A little breaking news. Uh, the Twitter site for the Mid-American Conference uh, just posted that they have made the decision to suspend uh, all competition in all intercollegiate athletics for the fall through the fall semester in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and obviously uh, the SEC hasn't, hadn't made any decision yet on out-of-conference out of games, and uh, there are a couple of uh, MAC opponents, certainly on the Kentucky schedule and others throughout the league. So that uh, just came in uh, moments ago. Let's go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline and chat with Coach Tim Sullivan from Cooper High School. Reached out to Coach Sullivan to find out a little bit more about Adam since he has put his name in the transfer portal from Belmont and looking for a new college basketball home. And, Coach, I appreciate you jumping on board with us. Um, before we talk about Adam and anything you've – or I guess have you had a discussion with him yet since he made this decision? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we actually have been speaking a little bit off and on uh, for the last couple of weeks as he's tried to ponder this this, this decision. And um, he, he's done his homework and um, – you know, to make his decision, he's put himself in a good in a good position right now. We have heard reports or seen reports that there's some interest from Kentucky. Uh, can you or are you comfortable talking about anybody that's reached out to him? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, very talented young man. So he's going to have he's got plenty of options. Um, I, I do know that I think that um, I think that one of the guys on the staff had made a phone call. Um, to a, to a, a guy that trains Adam um, during the summertime, and I know they've talked a little bit. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how how interested, how highly interested they are in him, but um, I know that they have contacted about Adam. Um, you know, some other schools that have have reached out to Xavier, um, Creighton. Um, I talked to Coach Mack at, at Louisville a little bit about it. Um, uh, UC's in, in, in talking with him. Um, and then from uh, Arkansas, I know last night Adam actually had a Zoom call with Arkansas last night. So uh, he, there are some schools. He's got a, he's got a number of schools that are that are contacting him and talking with him right now. Do you know what his timeline is for making a decision? You know, I think with obviously with the fall semester coming up and, and the uncertainty of everything, I think Adam wants to kind of he's doing his work right now and, and making sure that you know he's taking his time and, and getting it, but. I do know that he wants to be, you know, have it done so that he can get enrolled and, and you know, get the thing moving and hit the ground running when he does uh, make his decision. Is he going into this anticipating wherever he goes that he'll sit out, or is would he be uh, hopeful of trying to get a, a waiver to play immediately? He's going to go and sit out. Um, you know, Adam's goal ultimately in the long run is to play professionally somewhere and somehow. Um, and Adam knows that to do that, I think Adam understands that he's got to change his body and uh, add the right weight on and, and get a bigger and stronger. So I think he's really looking forward. He's wanting to uh, get a red, you know, red shirt this year. And, that, and that's kind of, you know, with this whole COVID thing, you you you're just talking about with the Mid America Conference, you know, and and how how conferences and how schools are, are, you know, dumbing down their their schedules and they may only play conference games. It's going to be a modified season. So you know, it, it, he Adam Adam Adam's goal is to have a you know get sit this year out and then have two full years um, after being in a program for a year or so and trying to work on his body. How have you seen him change as a player from when you had him, and he was one of the top players at Kentucky, to going into a, a, a plan for Coach Bird down at Belmont? And how, did, how have you seen him grow, uh, grow as a player? Yeah, he just, his maturity, and then, you know, he's always been really athletic and, and could really score it 
Um, but just watching him and, and, and how he's gone about, um, you know, changing his his game as far as how the speed and the size goes on. Um, you know, Adam's one of those young men that when when people challenge him or they give him a you know they give him an obstacle, he's going to figure out how to beat it, and how to overcome it. And you know, everybody said, well, he's just a jump shooter. He's just a jump shooter. Um, obviously, he can shoot it, but now you know at that next level, we've watched him go from being a, a kid that you know could could shoot it to all of a sudden now he's getting off shots, he's getting off things, and doing you know different things with the ball and scoring in different ways rather than just hitting threes. And um, you know, it, it, the, the biggest thing that I've noticed though in watching Adam is that he's starting to figure out how to play both ends of the floor a little bit more, um, and he's using his quickness and his length on that defensive end to help him get easy buckets and get things done on the uh, you know, on the offensive end. That was going to be my next question as far as the, the defensive side because you can look at his stats and see you know shooting percentages, et cetera, and anybody that puts out a, a clip, uh, I don't know of any athlete that ever puts out a clip uh, or any basketball player that puts out a clip of, of them playing deep, much defense. It's always you know making shots and great moves and dunks, et cetera. So um, how have you seen him uh, grow as, as a defender, and uh, do you think he uh, would have any issue in that area uh, playing at a higher level? Yeah, uh, I don't see him having any issue. I, I think just watching him, I mean, he's obviously the maturity level has really uh, blossomed, and um, he's able now to – I think the biggest thing is Adam holds himself accountable on the defensive end, and it's not just a coach holding himself. You know, obviously when I had him in high school, we would, you know, we were holding him accountable, but obviously the, the young man was putting up big numbers, so you had to sometimes look away from certain things and, and maybe watching kids taking possession off here or there. Um, but Adam is holding himself accountable now, and he's, uh, you know, he's he's not afraid in, in, in watching their games. He's not afraid to guard the other team's best guard, and um, you know, to get on the floor at a high level, you know, at the highest level, you better be able to play both ends for these coaches that you know that are trying to win championships. Was he one of those Kentucky kids who who grew up as a Wildcat fan? Uh, many do, but not all. Um, I, yeah, I, I think Adam was a big. You know, he's a Kentucky fan. His dad played football at Kentucky. Um, Greg Kunkel, so. Obviously, there's a there's a connection there as far as the Kentucky um, fanfare. Uh, I, I you know Adam Adams is the, Adams a, a fan of basketball, but um, I, I do know that he, he followed Kentucky and he was always you know um, watching the games and stuff like that. So I do think that he's a fan of it. Absolutely. Uh, tell me uh, how he how his high school career went for you when you first started to sense that uh, he had big time ability. I tell you, he came in as a freshman. He was a scrawny, scrawny little kid, um, but he could really shoot it. And the, one, the biggest thing that we found out about Adam right out of the get-go, because we let him play up as a freshman on the varsity team, and um, he wasn't afraid of the big moment. He wasn't afraid to take big shots. And, I mean, I remember, you know, like the, maybe the first or second week of, the, of his freshman year, um, he, hit a, he put up five, you know, he banged five threes, I think, in the first half in the game in one of our district games. And, you know, coming in, everybody just said, well, good luck. You know, um, he's, he's, he's never going to be a, you know, a player in your program. Um, he's just only a, he's a standstill shooter, blah, blah, blah. And Adam used that as fuel and, and, and Adam each year got better and better. And, um, just, just a testament to his character and the way that he went about his business. Um, every, every single time somebody doubted him or somebody said he couldn't do something, Adam went out and he just, you know, he worked at it and he got better at it. And just you just watched him blossom, and, and and the thing about Adam is that Adam doesn't care where he's playing, uh, whether it's a pickup game, um, doesn't matter where he's at. Adam tries to figure out a way how to make other people better, and that was the biggest thing about him is that Adam, you know, while he loved the limelight, while he loved taking the big shot, 
he wasn't afraid to take a step back and let other guys kind of do some things for us. So um, that was the unselfish part that, that was really, really fun to coach with Adam. And, and just so to recap, he's looking to decide sooner rather than later, and there's been, I guess, would it be the correct term, some preliminary interest from Kentucky. Yes, there, that's, that's exactly right, Tom. Coach, I appreciate your time very much and uh, giving us a little insight on uh, Adam's game, and um, we uh, thank you for the time. Have a good weekend. Absolutely. Thank for having me on. That's Coach Tim Sullivan at Cooper High School, and um, you know it's, he's got obviously he's Coach Sullivan listed some a lot of uh, big time schools are, are interested, and why wouldn't they be? I mean, he's uh, one of the top players on a, on a very good uh, mid major program. Um, and sometimes it's guys that end up at that level, and once they get there, they show people that, yeah, you, you, you this is one you missed on. You, he should have been in, you know, uh, your program at a, at a higher level. So uh, these days with the the transfer portal, um, a lot of the guys eventually get to uh, uh, where they think they should be, and uh, we'll see how it goes for uh, Adam Kunkel. So it sounds like it'll be something that'll play out here. Uh, in the not-too-distant future. Heading to a break. We'll get back and wrap up this Friday edition of the Leach Report Radio Network. Final segment of the Leach Report for a Friday. Our uh, Keeneland Select Race of the Week is going to be at Saratoga, and it's going to be on Sunday, the Grade 2 Bernard Baruch. And uh, tomorrow's card, uh, not... Any what you would term great betting races, some some really good racing, but short fields, low odds. So we think we might have found a little bit of a price for you in the Bernard Baruch on Sunday with some like it hot brown. There's a couple of Chad Brown trainees in there. There's a good-looking Todd Pletcher trainee, and those horses are going to take a lot of money. This horse just ran a 100 buyer, his best buyer ever, the first start off the bench. So those that big improvement for a four-year-old, he can sometimes come right back with as good or an even better uh, level of performance that if he does, some like a hot brown could be a big player in there at a bit of a price on Sunday. Thanks to KentuckyHempWorks.com for uh, being the sponsor of our hotline and being a supporter of the show now since last summer. We went down there and did a show at their operation in Christian County. They grow the hemp in their fields. They process it on site. So they oversee the whole process of making the CBD oil and the hemp seed oil and the new products for fishermen made from hemp seeds. Read all about them at KentuckyHempWorks.com. They're more than just CBD. And check out their new YouTube channel, too. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. C 